This is episode number 143 with Brett Gilliland. New concepts and ideas to help you reach your full potential. Success 101 Podcast. Welcome to the Success 101 Podcast. This is your host, Jared Warren. At each episode, my goal is to bring you a new concept or idea to help you maximize your full potential. Thanks for joining me here today. Now let's kick things off. Hey guys, welcome back to the Success 101 podcast. This is your host, Jared Warren. I hope you guys had a wonderful end of the year and you're just ready to attack 2017 as it comes right around the corner. Now, I'm going to waste no time getting into this episode with my guest today that I'm very excited for you guys to hear from. Because as you guys will hear in this episode today, this will be a very powerful episode around creating your vision, living out your goals, and overall taking high levels of action on the things that you want to see happen in your life. That's why I knew I had to get Brett on here at this strategic time of year when so many of us have to be focused in on really attacking and putting high priority on everything we want to take action on in the new year. One of the main attributes I would say about Brett is he is all in. He is a husband. He is a dad to four young boys, also a philanthropist. You'll hear about his charity called Swing for Hope. His passion is helping others get the most out of their lives, and you'll hear that come through loud and clear today in his message. In fact, one of the things Brett loves doing is building a platform for the clients of his firm to help them achieve their goals at the highest levels they ever thought possible. A couple of really big key points I want you guys to hone in on today as you listen to Brett lay out his vision for action and for the future is that there is power for others when we think big. Set your vision by first believing it can happen. Then set your plan of attack so that you can achieve it. And if it's truly your vision and you have passion around that vision, then it just comes down to executing your daily habits. Brett's passion is to make a dent in the communities he, his family, and his firm serve. And there is success when there is significance. Brett also believes very strongly in finding the right people. Because you realize when you can't do it all alone, you have to find the right people. You have to give them a vision and many times just get out of their way. And for those of you who are entrepreneurs out there or leaders having to build your own teams around you each day, I know you are going to take a ton away from what Brett brings to the table. So without any further delay, let's jump right into my conversation with the one and only Brett Gilliland. Brett Gilliland, welcome to the Success 101 podcast. Buddy, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Jared. Thanks for asking and uh, happy to be here today. Man, what an honor it is to have you on. And I've obviously known you for a very long time and have always certainly appreciated your friendship, but more so your knowledge and your insight. And there's probably a lot of lessons I've learned from you just indirectly that you don't even know about uh, when it comes to leadership, development, uh, success, building wealth over time. And I'm just so grateful for the listeners to be able to hear from you 
So, Brett, why don't you take our listeners all the way back as far as you want to go to your uh, early beginnings or your beginnings of success? And just uh, I'm, I'm excited for them to get to hear from you on the building blocks that you've already put in place and what you've learned. But take us on back to how things started, how you got to where you are today and just the roadmap that you're currently on now. Yeah, I, th- I think, um, you know, I go back to when I was a child. A lot of times when you're asked these questions, I go back to um, I, w- I was born in a you know, small town. Uh, born and raised uh, in northern Illinois, and then actually raised in in central part of Illinois. And uh, I was an only child, and uh, so I think what happened is I got to mature a little quicker, if you will, because I was around adults a lot. So uh, my dad was a banker, my grandpa was a banker, uncles are bankers, and um, I was you know around a lot of successful people and saw that growing up, and was certainly a part of that. Um, I can remember far back as my parents having Christmas parties at their house and me being around the adults. And so, you know, I think back to that, um, I kind of got a vision early on of what success looked like and uh, started thinking that way. And and then uh, fast forward, I started working at a bank in college and um, decided pretty quickly I didn't want to be in the banking world, but I wanted to be in financial planning, um, investments, et cetera. I had a cousin, uh, he probably doesn't even know this, but he was uh, pretty instrumental in me uh, deciding to do this for a career. I remember uh, helping him move into his new home. He was the oldest cousin. I'm the youngest cousin on my mom's side. And you know, when you're 15 years old and you go to your cousin's house and he's got this brand new car and it had speakers in the headrest, I just remember him turning up the music and thinking that was like the coolest thing ever. And uh, I wanted to do that. And so he was in the investment world. And so I got into this business at 23 years old, right out of college. And so, you know, early on, just watching people uh, go before me uh, that were successful and trying to emulate what they were doing is really where it all started. So you knew sort of the path that you wanted to be on, but obviously had no idea where that was going to go. Where early on did you start gaining some, whether it was through mentors, whether it was through your own reading, whether it was through you know, just whatever sources you were going to, where did you go to get knowledge that was instrumental in building your wealth, building your career and building, you know, ultimately your goals for where you are today? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And what what I did early on when I was young is I looked at people that were successful in my field and I would just literally pick up the phone and I would call those people and ask them to sit down and talk with me. And so, uh, you know, back then they didn't have podcasts and you couldn't learn and do all those great things that we do today. So you had to pick up the phone and call people and just hope to God they would sit down with you, um, have a conversation, whether it was face to face or on the phone or things like that. But, you know, an early age, again, 23 years old in this business, I wanted to uh, be successful. I always knew I wanted to be successful. And so I just wanted to go out and pick the brains of those that have been there before me and find out what they do that made them successful, what they do that, you know, they fell flat on their face. You know, just what are the things that made them successful and what were the risks that they were taking? And so if you start to study people and, and read books and, and surround yourself with great people, you find yourself uh, starting to be like those people you, you surround yourself with. And so that was important to me. Still important to me to this day, 16 years later in this business, in this career, it's very, very important to me to constantly be learning, constantly be challenging myself to become better than I was the day before. Now, I know you're a big routines and rituals guy, and most people that are successful are, and I'd I'd love to dive into that just a little bit. But first, I want to take a step back here. When you were going through just sort of that transition in your life, you know, we all grow up and we think we want to do this or that, and then life starts unfolding before us, and either we can choose to design our lives in a certain way or we can follow the crowd. You've always been an extremely positive, uplifting, success 
you know, you've been looking for success on the horizon, I believe. You speak that way. You talk that way. What is it within you that makes you a little bit different in that to where there's a lot of negative people around all of us, but you've had your head on your shoulder straight, not always knowing where you're going, right? But going in a direction that led to success and you fed that, what was it that you think drove that for you personally? Yeah, I think that's, uh, when I look back at that, it's, it's another good question, Jared. I think when I go back on my life, when I was you know, 12, 13, 14 years old, I remember, uh, again, being an only child and I believe you are too. So you can probably connect with this is, Oh yeah. My parents, if I came downstairs and said I was bored, you know, that didn't work. Right. That just, that wasn't something that was okay at my house. And so I remember my mom holding a TV tray and, uh, you know, she'd put the TV tray in front of me. My dad would grab some papers and, and they'd say, you know what, Brett, draw your dream house or, you know, just draw something that made me think about the future. And so I don't know if they did that on purpose back then. Um, but I can tell you for me, that really stuck with me at an early age, you know, back then, of course, all my houses had basketball courts in them and, and things like that. And so, but it got me thinking and it got me being, um, you know, visioning my future and trying to achieve much bigger things at a younger age. And so I wanted to do that. And then I, the best lesson though, I probably learned in business, uh, was my toughest year in the business. So, First year coming to this business right out of college, and, and it was very successful. Uh, had a great first year in the investment world and the insurance world. And then uh, my second year, I thought, oh, well, this is pretty easy. You know, I've got talent. I think I can just keep doing what I'm doing and not have to work that hard. And my second year uh, starting my business was so bad, I'm not sure why nobody fired me. You know, and so it's one of those <laughs> things, you know, you don't, you don't talk about it a lot, but it is, it's true. It's like, I look back at that and I think, man, what was I thinking? And I thought just talent would take me really, really far in life. And that was a nice, just really a slap across the face to me to say, Hey, you know, Hey young man, you got to wake up. And so I learned hard work while not working hard. And so I learned that you had to have a vision, you had to have talent, but man, you got to work your butt off as well. And so that for me was, was a defining moment in my life that said, hey, if you're going to be successful, yeah, it's great. Have a vision, have rituals, have all those things, but you got to work your butt off to be successful and you got to work harder than anybody else uh, out there. Yeah, I'm so glad you mentioned that. Just yesterday, I had Angela Duckworth from the book Grit. If any of you guys have read the book Grit out there, you know that she goes on and on in that book about talent and skill really don't have a lot to do with people achieving and accomplishing things. Those are in the background and maybe they help some, but in her equation, effort counts twice. Okay. So effort and talent are what help you to achieve. And then also your skills, which people can work on skills, but then never do anything with those. And then those also help you succeed and achieve. And so effort is the big thing. And I've often heard, I don't know, Brett, if you've heard this, but whenever we're teaching our kids about hard work and about how they can become successful later in life, I always think it's really interesting how some of the top mindset coaches or psychologists or people that are dealing with just um, how the brain works, they will often say that the person, primarily the kids, as they're coming up and wiring all this into their brain, whenever they're really young and they start growing up and start either accomplishing certain things, whether it's starting sports or failing a test or passing a test or these things that they're kind of, you know, accomplishing for the first time in their life or failing at it the first time in their life and they really get down about it or they frame it in a certain way in their mind, they usually say that as parents, we need to talk more about how hard they worked than to say, oh, you're so smart. You know, you're so smart. That's why you got that A on that paper. You're so smart. That's why you did this or that. No, it's you must have worked really hard 
to do that. And if we do that with our kids, it's going to start teaching them that it really is all about hard work. I've always found that 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 was fascinating. So what part of that equation, and I know I'm kind of putting you in the hot seat here, but what part of that equation do you find yourself when you look back at the 23, 25, 28-year-old you, you know, whenever you were still really young, still really young today, right? But when you were younger (laughs) and, and in your business, what part of that hard work did you resonate with very quickly to where you just knew like, man, it's not because I'm skillful. It's not because of anything I've learned. It truly is hard work. How can you speak to that in your own life? Yeah. I mean, I remember one time sitting down with uh, a friend of mine, Jeff, we sat down with his grandpa and his grandpa was successful, ran a business. And he looked at us and he said, boys, he said, I got to tell you, success only comes before work in the dictionary. And That's for right. me, you know, that was, I love that. and that was 13 or 14 years ago. And, and I still talk about that, you know, to my kids, you know, my wife and I were blessed to have four boys and, you know, and so we're, we're constantly running around to games and different things at school. And so when we do, I think we focus on that. It's not about the work. Look, I don't care if you make or miss the jump shot. Sure. Making it's better, but I appreciate the hard work and diving after the ball and giving your all and taking the risk to take the shot at the end of the game to try to win. Whether you make it or not, doesn't matter. And so for me, it was just, again, studying those people. I spent a lot of time studying the success of lots of people. I have found the most successful people are the ones that work the hardest. And so it doesn't mean that you're working 100 hours a week. It doesn't mean that you're missing dinner, that you're missing kids' games, because I'm very, very strict in my calendar. You can ask people I work with. I know when I'm coming to work in the morning, I've got a color-coordinated calendar, right? So it's got my charity work. It's got my CEO work. It's got um, stuff I do for home, uh, coaching, whatever it may be. It's all color-coordinated. So when I look at my calendar in a week, I can see what colors are dominating my calendar. And if I see some things that are really, really important that are not on my calendar, that color, then I know the people in my firm and myself, those are the people that we've got to fill that color on the calendar more to get after it. So again, it doesn't mean you're working a hundred hours a week. It just means when you're working, be engaged and be working. You know, there's a lot of times we can sit around and, you know, here in St. Louis and talk about the Cardinals and, you know, big signing today and all that kind of stuff. I can spend 15, 20, 30, 40 minutes doing that, but that doesn't get me to the results that I want to get to. So I can choose to talk about it for a couple minutes and then I got to get back to work because I have a wife and children and things that I want to do that are extremely important to me. And that's what I got to be focused on. Yeah, absolutely. It's just making the most of every minute that you're in. And the older that I get, the more I realize how just absolutely crucial that is. You know, you can stand around as a young guy and talk around the water cooler or whatever about ESPN and, you know, whatever else is going on. And there's just not a lot of worries in life. You know, whenever you're younger, you start adding on kids, you start adding on uh, bigger financial issues. I know for you, you're out buying, you know, buildings that are, you know, millions of dollars and things like that. I mean, those things start getting on your plate and you realize, hey, me talking about the Cardinals is not really helping any situation that I've got going on in life. I mean, you don't want to be the personality of, you know, that's about as intriguing as a a wooden door. You know, I mean, you want to have some personality in life to you. And maybe it's cool to talk about the baseball game from time to time. But successful people are the hardest workers, as you mentioned. And I would put on that as well and read probably the most books out of everybody else or whether it's books, podcasts, audiobooks, whatever. But I I think that's so important. We can't overstate the hard work and maximizing every minute. Brett, take us through, I mentioned your routines and rituals a second ago. I would love to know, and I really, you know, I I really want to do a deep dive on this if you're prepared to go there. I'd love to know, starting all the way back in the PM, you know, my listeners have heard me say plenty of times before that 
90% of a successful morning is actually what you do in the PM. It's getting to bed on time, getting screens out of your face, getting the proper amount of rest and learning how to rest whenever you're, you're in bed and not stressed out. Take us all the way back. Tell us your day, map out your day for us, your routines and rituals, the psychological stuff, and then the business stuff as well that just make you run on all cylinders. Yeah, my biggest thing is, again, this calendar, right? I let the calendar, I don't let it run me, but I, I go by the calendar. And so, but my rituals are every single week, no matter what, I spend on my calendar what I call STT, strategic think time. And it will be me, a journal, and no technology, and an ink pen. So it's me, a journal, and an ink pen, and my brain, and that's it. And I'll sit there for maybe an you, hour. You're doing that once a week? At least once a week. Yeah. You, you'll find what I had to do early on is, you know, you got to slow down to speed up. And so what I have found is so many people will try it. I mean, I can't tell you how many people, Jared, I've tried to get to do this. Um, and, and people I have great relationships with. It's really hard, right? It's really hard to turn off the iPad, turn off the cell phone and sure. take an ink pen and a journal and sit down and just dive into your brain and find out again, what's important to you? What's the vision? Where are you heading? And how can you be the best version of yourself? And so I have to do that. For me, it's like a lot of people have, you know, rituals for working out or health or whatever it may be. For me, that's the best time of my week. I get more excited about doing that than just about anything uh, business related all week long. So I have to do that. It's very, very important. It's crucial. Can you take us through that for just a moment? Because I know for me, I am, I mean, literally I started smiling whenever you said, I know people who it's very hard for them to do that. Cause I'm smiling going, man, I would love to build that in. You know, I would love to be that type of guy, but I, what do I do? I miss it on the calendar. If I built that in on my calendar, which I'm really dedicated to whatever's on my calendar, that's typically what I'm doing. I've built in think times before, whether it's a Friday afternoon or a Monday morning. And what do I do? I show up and I go, if it's the end of the week, I'm going, man, I don't have time for that because I just haven't maximized my week. I'm behind. I need to do other things. If it's Monday, I'm thinking, man, the, me the, the week's kicking off. I, I better get on into some other stuff. I would say I've never really been dedicated ever in my life to sitting down and doing think time because, and here's the real reason why, I'm afraid that I'm going to miss out on something if I don't do it, which is foolish. You and I would both agree. Also, if I go into it, though, I find that my brain is still racing from everything else around me, that it just hasn't been productive. And so I feel like I've wasted time. How do you prepare for that? How do you go into that? What's your mindset structure going into it to make it just ultimately successful time for you? Yeah, I think one, first and foremost, we got to build the belief that it works, right? So how do you do that? I mean, first, I would put on my calendar, it used to say STT, strategic think time. So STT dash, do you want to be great? Question mark. So every time that would pop up on my phone a couple times a week, and then I had to choose to look at not answering my own question, right? So then I would sit down, I would do it. Then the question was always, or people always ask me, what do I think about? Or what do I journal about? Or what do I, you know, just sit there in silence with myself? And sometimes silence is some of the best stuff because some of my best ideas have come from just me in that journal, not knowing what the heck I was going to write and things just happen, right? God's got a way of putting things in your brain. Uh, but also, you know, we have a lot of drive time. And so whether you're driving to games or you're driving to, you know, appointments around the town, whatever you're doing, I don't know about you, Jared, but my some of my craziest ideas come when I've got a lot of windshield time and I'm driving. And so I will use Siri uh, in my car to remind me um, when my next strategic think time is to remind me to think about that. And so some of my ideas, if I didn't write them down, I'd forget them, right? So we all have those ideas going on in our head. When you think about them, I don't care if you're laying in bed, if your phone's right there, 
put it in your calendar or put it on your reminder app on your phone. And then that's going to start giving you all the information you need to spend in your journaling time. But again, you, you got to believe that it's going to be better for you. And I can tell you, and I can tell all your listeners out there that it is by far the best thing that I do every single week from a professional standpoint, but even for my personal life, things that my wife and I want to accomplish. We have a charity called Swing for Hope, F-O-R-E, Swing for Hope. And in that, there's a lot of things that we think about. And so I had a journaling time actually just about two weeks ago, and we created an event that we're having in March now that's going to be really, really fun. And if I wouldn't have journaled about that and thought about that, there's no way we'd have got the impact that we're going to have in March and raise the amount of money we're going to raise for cancer. That's so powerful, man. And we all need to be reminded of that. When you're sitting in the silence, you said sometimes the windshield time or the silence time were some of the best for you. I know for me, not so much now, but in the in the past, and I, I do still get caught up into it now. I don't want to fool myself here, but a lot of people, uh, you know, since I started this podcast, I get a ton of comments worldwide. I mean, it's pretty awesome. It's it's pretty neat to put out some content and then hear what others are really thinking about and how they respond to it out there. But I've talked about being in silence in the morning, you know, morning routine. And some of the comments that I got back that were the most numerous out there were how people, when they sit in silence, it just helps them further stew on the stress that they're dealing with. They don't really relax. They don't get that creative part of their brain going. Do you find yourself or did you find yourself when you first started these routines still kind of sitting there just stewing on the stress that's going on rather than it actually helping you get into deep thought, deep, you know, deep thought time? Yeah, you certainly can. I mean, if there's a lot of stuff going on in the moment, yeah, I mean, there's certainly times that you can do that. But again, everything, in my opinion, in life, everything we do is a choice. And so I can choose to sit there and say, oh, you know, woe me and, and poor me for this or poor me for that. Or I can look at that as an opportunity to say, gosh, this is really stressful right now in my life. But in this journal time, what I'm going to do is I'm going to find myself a way to dig out of it whatever it may be, right? Whether it's big or little, it doesn't matter because in our minds, it's really, really big, right? And it may not be big to you or it may not be right. big to somebody else, but for me, it could be big. And so I got to figure out my method to that madness is how do I dig myself out of whatever the problem is? And that's the most important thing is choosing to how you look at it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if we go into it without the right mindset and we block off think time because people have told us it's a good thing or successful people do that. I mean, we could actually be harming ourselves even more by not only wasting the time, but also just sitting there stewing on the stress, you know, that we have to think through. So I think that's really interesting. Talk to us a little bit more about the routines that you have through the day. I mean, I just love that the STT. I mean, those are the things my listeners are looking for out there when they're constantly writing into me for hacks and tips and ideas and things outside of the box. So I know you've got probably some more out there that you're doing as well. Yeah, I, th I think one of the most important as well is what I would call meditation time. So I have an app on my phone that I use, and it really gets me to slow down to actually breathe and think, right? And so a lot of mine, it, it probably all sounds mental, but I think most of the game of life is mental, um, that we can be psychologists every day in our lives as leaders. And so, you know, if, if we're not strong, we can't help uh, lead and develop other strong uh, leaders as well. So, you know, again, think time my meditation time, but just also building in that family time. I mean, we got to turn it off, right? So I go home again, you know, I'll go home today and it's, it's crazy with four kids, but it's crazy in a fun way because these, these times go by fast. And so it's making sure when I'm at home, I'm at home. It's, it's not on my email all the time. It's not returning phone calls. It's making sure I'm dedicated to those little ones at home and my wife at home and then once all the kids are in bed and my wife and I have our things to do at night, I mean, that's some of the time that I get ready for the next day. I mean, so the last thing I do 
every single night before I go to bed is I look at my calendar and I look at what's on the calendar for the next day. Now, I usually know, but again, I want to be just laser focused on what my next day is going to look like. So then when I go to bed that night, that's what I'm thinking about. What's tomorrow bringing? So, you know, if I know I'm going to be on an interview with uh, Jared Warren today, okay, what am I bringing? Leaving my notes, making sure I've got everything prepared that I need prepared for so I could be ready to talk about it. So whatever it is, I got to be ready to rock tomorrow. And I go to bed thinking about that stuff because then what I find is the next morning I wake up and I'm thinking about it. See, it's so interesting how different individuals' brains work towards success because I'll tell you, I'm very different than that. In fact, most people who know me know that I don't ever look at my calendar. And I did that as a a, a huge uh, stress relief because whenever I would be going to bed at night, I'd be getting ready to set my alarm and I'd go, okay, what have I got for tomorrow? And I would see either a meeting that I was wondering if we were prepared for, or I would see a presentation I had to give that I'm going, okay, gosh, I better be super polished on that. And I would sit there and all of a sudden I'd be stressed out about what I've got the next day. Sounds like you're going into it with a different mindset, both leading towards success, but it sounds like you're approaching it a completely different way to where you're actually looking at your calendar the next day and anticipating the good things that are going to come and the success that's going to come from that. Yeah. And I I think I would even challenge that, but also think back to my calendar two years ago, three years ago, I had the same exact feelings that you had. And that's where the anxiety and the stress comes in, right? And that's why I started doing more breathing exercises is trying to get rid of that stuff. I know you talk a lot about that on your show, but yeah. for me, that that was very, very important is to get rid of that stuff. And what I learned was I had to learn the power of no. And what I mean by that is we all have things in our calendar that if we really, really look at it and really challenge ourselves, we could say no to that meeting, right? It's not going to change your life if you have it or don't have it. It's not going to change your financial future. So what I have found is for me, it is very, very important for uh, stress in my life is I literally have almost zero meetings on my calendar that stress me out or that I'm not excited about. So it's all about designing your calendar, designing your week, designing your quarter, designing your year, my team knows there are very few things that I'm going to go to do that I just don't want to do. Yeah. So you're controlling that. You're guiding all of that. That's great insight. And I know you've mentioned the meditation app. You've mentioned the breathing. Those are some of the more the psychological and the mind work stuff. And I want to dive into those here in just a second. But while we're on your business calendar, primarily that we're talking about here, I think that's a huge issue for most busy professionals out there they end up having to work a lot harder than smarter. We've heard that phrase a lot, but they end up having to work a lot harder than necessary simply because they don't build in those time blocks. They don't know how to say no. How did you really get control of your calendar? Not so much from just the saying no, because I think that's just a mental shift that sometimes has to take place when we get more important things on our plate. But what are you doing to block off each minute of every day to where you are running at maximum speed and not wasting any time, as we mentioned earlier in the podcast? Do you have any systems or anything that's helping you with that? Any hacks that you can tell us about that? Yeah, you know, it's funny when you say that where you're maximizing every minute of the day. And so to where your ritual is different at night than mine is, my ritual during the day now is different than where to what that comment is. Because I used to be that way to where I was running and gunning and I'd have to shut meetings down and and say, okay, you know, great, end the meeting because I knew I had somebody waiting for me in the lobby or I had to run and get in my car and drive across town as fast as I can. And then, you know, just, again, it's creating more and more stress and anxiety, right? So I found that now I used to book my meetings uh, for one hour time slots. 
right? Every hour on the hour, there was something going on. And now I find myself, I'm booking most meetings for 90 minutes to two hours. And what I've found is that it's allowed me to spend more time with people. It's focused on more of the relationship with people. And it's allowed me to not have that daily stress. So could I squeeze one more meeting in if I, you know, compress the time? Yeah, sure, I could. But again, it's more important to me to be less stressed and more engaged in those meetings. So, hey, if a meeting uh, only lasts one hour, guess what? I just freed up an, uh, another 30 minutes to 60 minutes to where I can think about my vision. Because, you know, the name of our company is Visionary. With that, you got to have a vision to where you're going. And my role as a CEO and a leader of an organization is to make sure that I've got a clear path. I'm not paid to focus on what's going to happen tomorrow or the next day or the next day or even next month, right? My job is to create a vision that's compelling that people want to follow that's five and 10 and 20 years from now. That's what I'm paid to do. And that's what I have to focus on. So, Brad, as I mentioned earlier, one of the things about you I picked up on early in our relationship is you're just not only just a visionary, as I've mentioned, and mapping out things as you're talking about here, but just a very positive person, a very uplifting person, always looking for the best in the people that you're coaching and directing and your clients. I would love to know, because I think it's very hard for people to do that in the crazy, busy world that we're in today. Most people are negative. Most people are looking at the negative. And whether we like it or not, many times we find ourselves surrounded by those people. And sometimes you can get away from them and sometimes you have to deal with it. I'd love to know where your motivation is coming from every day. What keeps you driving and fueling forward with your vision and all the things we've discussed, but then also just how do you eliminate all of the just people that suck out your energy or just suck out your emotion? What are you doing with that each day that you can help us with? Yeah, I think um, you know, I've learned again in the last few years is those, those energy vampires, as John Gordon will say, I just do not let those people into my life. And so we, we jokingly have a no a-hole rule here at our firm is if it's somebody that's not going to fit our culture or somebody that's going to bring the culture down or be a cancer to our culture, we don't bring them into the firm. And yeah. so we've passed up plenty of people over the years, uh, the last few years here that just, they don't, they aren't going to fit in our culture. And so it's, it's just important, you know, as you get older, I think when you're younger, you probably worry too much about some of this stuff and you don't want to come across as a jerk or you don't want to be looked at as rude as I have found as I've gotten older and in the business for a while is again, just like I choose to not let things on my calendar stress me because they're not going to be on there. If they do stress me out, I'm not going to choose to spend time with people that are going to, they're going to suck the, the, the energy right out of me. I'm just not going to do it. Uh, my wife and I are both very clear on that. You know, so from our friends, people in our firm, from our family, all those things, we're just around just great people all the time. And it's exciting. It's exciting to wake up every day and knowing you're going to get to spend the day with people that you love to spend the day with. And that, that keeps me motivated. I think one of the things that I talk about all the time, um, you know, for my life is, is F to the fifth power. So if you can just picture an F with a little five up top there, and that stands for faith, family, fitness, firm, and fun. And so that's what I look at every single day. So normally I've got a table in my office. It stands up. So I stand most of the day. And so I've got my calendar, weekly calendar open. I love to highlight and write on it and just be very, very active in that time and be productive when I'm working. But it's important to me that I get to spend time focusing on my faith. I'm in a Bible study at my office. That's important to me. Focused on my family, right? What is my family goals? What are the things that we want to do? We have a summer bucket list every single uh, summer that we accomplish while the kids are out. And it's on a big you know, poster board in our house and it hangs up on the wall. 
And uh, that's important to us. So faith, family, fitness, what am I doing? That's probably the biggest area in my life that I've always had the most difficulty with. Thankfully, I, I guess God gave me a fast metabolism, so I've, I've kept weight off, but I've <laughs> got to stay more more active and more productive so I can continue to do the things I want to do for a long, long time. Uh, the firm. I mean, the firm, this, the, the firm people I work with are like family to us. You know, we have our Christmas party tonight, and it's just I cannot wait to go spend the evening uh, with the people that I get to spend the time with. And so that's very important to me. And then the last one is fun. We got to make sure we're always having fun doing it. Lots of laughs, um, lots of great times, making memories, creating experiences. That's what life's all about. Brett, I'd love to explore this as well. And you may be, you know, this may be a personality thing. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm sure it affects people in different ways. But being in a very high-paced job, being in a very high stress, even though you're managing your calendar to try to eliminate some of that and you're getting negative people away from you. I've just talked to so many people over the years and especially since this podcast started that are in those highly active roles. They've always got someone knocking on their door. They're either in client meetings, staff meetings, they're in meetings with other, you know, for our business, it's other advisors that they're coaching or pouring into or whatever. Sometimes when you get home at the end of the day, your family ends up getting the least amount of your time because you feel like you've just given it all away. Or over time, certain relationships that you spend a lot of time with, you just, for human nature, you kind of get a little bit introverted, right? You don't want to always have another person standing at your door face to face with another person. What has helped you in that area to all, you know, you said you're going to Christmas party tonight. And you can't wait to go see the people that you get to spend time with each day. Some people are out there going, man, I don't, I kind of get tired of the, I love the people I spend time with each day, but I kind of would hate to always be going out and doing things at night. What has helped you to always want to be around those people? Two words, four children. No, I mean, I think <laughs> we're, we're just very busy. I mean, I, I have a, a ritual. You talked about rituals earlier. I mean, I, I know when I pull in the, in the neighborhood and, and when I turn right to go down the main drag there in my neighborhood to get home, I mean, I have the same prayer every single night I talk about is go home, you know, be in the moment, be a good dad, be a good husband. Uh, now, does that mean you don't go home and it's absolutely crazy and kids are bouncing off the walls and, and you know, things are nuts? No, it doesn't mean that. But but I've got to get myself now mentally prepared for job number one, job number two, whatever, you know, however you want to look at it. I look at that as job number one. When I get home, I've got to be ready to go. And so I think for me, it's mentally preparing yourself to be able to take on that job. And so, again, doesn't mean it's perfect because it's not. Uh, but it's just making sure I'm mentally prepared and ready to rock for that when I get home and the door opens because I got to leave my phone to the side. There's constantly emails or phone calls or text messages that I could be worried about, but I got to choose to uh, to not do that because as I look, my oldest is 11 years old. It seems like yesterday that he was born. I know I've just got a very finite amount of time before that guy and all his little brothers behind him leave and they go to college. I can always make more money when they leave and go to college. I can always work more when they leave and go to college. But for me, it is very, very important to be involved and engaged in their life. They're very active in sports. So that, you know, I usually go home, we eat, and then we're off to other, other, uh, to events. So don't know if that answers your question or not, but for me, that's how I got to do it. Just make sure I'm mentally prepared. Man, I, I think it's it's absolutely, I've learned a lot about burnout too. You know, I started this podcast because I was in what I thought was perceived burnout. And some of it was simply because I just wasn't getting enough sleep. But some of the burnout I thought I was having was just not really going into certain situations, designing my mindset around how I should be taking those on, not going into certain situations, looking for the good in those. And yeah, it, it, it will make you feel burnout, but it's really that you're not 
chasing after your passions. I mean, you mentioned your oldest is 11. What are the ages of the the other ones? Uh, nine, six, and two. Two. Wow. Yeah. You know, I'm close to you there. I'm four, two, and 15 months, you know, and so except mine are all girls. So I'm trying to figure this whole boy thing out. It's kind of got me scratching my head here, but uh, anyway, right. if you've got a manual on that that you could send me, that'd be awesome on how to do that. But uh, anyway, that's, you know, it's just, it is, it's setting up your mindset for the right environment. Uh, Brendan Burchard, he has a, a rule and I can't think of the name of it, but it's like something like the threshold rule or something. It's one of his pillars of just of success and it's dealing with the family. You know, you go to the door and you go to the threshold and you say, okay, what do I need to do right now? No matter what's going on today, no matter how I need to frame my mindset, no matter what's happening, whether it's a, a meeting at the office, whether it's going home to your family each night, you've got to almost just stop, get out of your skin for a second, reframe everything that's happened and go, okay, what do I need to be the best version of myself as I walk through this door? And again, sometimes our families get the short end of the stick because they're getting the end of us, you know, at the end of the day. And so I think that's so good to frame your mindset around that. Let's take a step back here. You'd mentioned the breathing and the meditation, something that I've learned over the last year so much about and wish I knew about earlier in life, how important it is to breathe, how that, you know, breathing just uh, resets your parasympathetic nervous system, brings cortisol levels down and stress down. What are you doing right now as far as breathing and meditation? You mentioned an app. Which one are you using that you like? Yeah, I use the uh, app Headspace. Yeah, that's a good um, one. It's a great one. I've been uh, very excited about since I got turned on to that by my coach and um, been using it ever since. Are you doing the paid version or are you just are you doing the free version? I'm doing the paid version. Paid version, yeah. Andy Puttacombe, I've heard him talk on a lot of other things before and you know, just when you think everything else is already out there, um, you know, somebody goes and finds a way to make it a little bit better. Right. But, uh, absolutely. But that one's really good. I think I have the same problem that 2017, I want to get better at some of these things that I know will help me, but I think I have the same personal problem just being transparent here as I do with your, uh, your think time. It's, you know, it's, if I, am I going to go meditate for 10 minutes or 15 minutes, you really don't always feel a lot of immediate changes, right? Whenever you do that, it takes time and you have to build it in. So I'm like, ah, okay, I, I need to work through this other thing. I'll get to it after I'm done. And then you blink and four hours have gone by and you've done 20 other things and another day goes by and you don't do it. So talk to us a little bit about how meditation, breathing, all of those things have helped you and maybe some other things if you're using anything else in there that could be helpful. Yeah, the, for me, they help me slow down. And so again, it's creating that counter is doing all the things I've been talking about, but I do have to have that friendly tap on my shoulder to say, hey, it's time to slow down, man. You got to you gotta take a deep breath, chill relax. And, uh, what I have found is it's, it's kind of like, I picture like when you're on your iPhone and that little circles like calibrating, right? <laughs> right? I picture myself being like the iPhone and that is my friendly reminder. So I have a couple things that help me remember to do that. Number one is I either wear my Apple watch or I take the band off of my Apple watch and actually carry the little square watch part in my pocket because you can set that to, they have an actual breathe app. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen that or not, but they have an actual breathe app on there that will vibrate, right? A couple times a day that says breathe, right? So it's just telling me it's building my habits up to breathe. And then on the Headspace app, I also have it go off twice per day. It sends me a motivational quote, but that for me is triggered that that's my reminder to whatever I'm doing, you know, in my office, if I need to sit down and breathe. And I may not do the full 15 minutes every single time, but what I have found is even if I spend two or three or five minutes doing it, it changes my world. It changes my outlook on things. 
And sometimes we can just get going on work, right? And start banging it out. And it's, you know, 90 minutes has gone by and we're still working on something. Whereas in reality, they'll tell you that you shouldn't be doing that, right? Experts will tell you what, 30 minutes at most, you should be working, take a little five minute breather and then get back after it. Yeah. Now I can't do that. I found that's almost impossible for me, but those little friendly reminders on my shoulder saying, Hey, it's time to breathe. That's what I need in my life. Yeah, it's so important. And, uh, you know, you've got your circadian and ultradian rhythms. Your circadian rhythms are the ones that tell you, you know, for most of us that you're supposed to go to bed at a certain time and get sleepy and go, you know, go into sleep and you're supposed to wake up at a certain time. But the ultradian rhythms, those are the ones that it's actually a 90 minute scale. Now, some people can only operate in their max performance at 30 for some at 60. I've really never met any that are at 90, but that's what most psychologists tell you is kind of the true format of an ultradian rhythm is, you know, 90 minutes at most. Nobody can really go past that. But for a lot of us, it's 30 or 60. Those things are so important because like for me, I'm really not only am I, you know, wasting a lot of energy by just pushing through thinking I'm being more productive, especially earlier in life. And I, you know, again, some of this that I'm talking about was way earlier and I've learned a lot from it, but I still get caught up in that. I still get caught up saying, okay, I need to go take a break. I need to walk around and do whatever. Nah, let me just press on through this. And hopefully over time, I'll get that down to where I'm actually doing those things and probably being a lot more productive. As you said, you've got to go slow to go fast. I mean, that's one of the biggest takeaways that I'll, it's so simple, right? But that's one of the biggest takeaways I'll take from our talk today is you've got to go slow to go fast. You've got to recharge. Absolutely, you do. I mean, I've found, even throw travel in there. I mean, I think you got to get out of your normal everyday life get to the beach, get to the mountains, whatever it is that motivates you. Uh, I have found that travel, and in my opinion, even for our children, it's some of the best culture they can learn. It's experiencing new people, new things, uh, and that really recharges my battery. Brad, I know that you're really intentional as well about your business and planning out your business, going through business plans. I want to talk uh, about that a little bit because I think people get hung up in wanting to do well in their business, wanting to be, you know, we talk about success all the time as it relates to business. People start off the new year right out of the gate. They want to just blaze a new trail, get through the first quarter, haven't really hit the goals they want or they're not on track. And it's like, okay, maybe I'll just work real hard then, you know, and end up, there's no plan, right? And without a plan, the people perish. We all know that. Talk to us about your planning. I think it's pretty fascinating how well in detail you go into that. And I'd love to hear uh, how you're structuring that so we can all learn from it. Yeah. The biggest thing I think about is I, I started public speaking back in, I guess, gosh, 05 or 06, somewhere in there. And in that, my first talk I remember giving was when you know your why, any how is possible. And so for me, it is absolutely knowing why I want to do the things that I want to do. And then I know I can achieve whatever. If I get the right people on the bus, the right people around me, the right support system, we can accomplish anything we want to accomplish in this life. There, there's zero doubt to that. You look at the, the great leaders from Zuckerberg with Facebook and Steve Jobs and Richard Branson and all these people, you can do anything you want to do in life, right? You absolutely can do that. But you got to know why and you got to know your how. Right. And so how are you going to do it? Why do you want to do it? So for me, I take um, in November and I've already done it and I'll do it again here in December. I'll take a full day to where I just go and plan the next year. Right. So it's you know now 2017 planning. Um, I've got it down to basically everything that we want to do personally, from the how much money I want to give to community work that I want to do for charity work that I want to do to stuff that we want to do in the firm some new initiatives there. We've got that stuff all down. But for me, most importantly, it's what do I want my family life to look like 
And who do I want to serve the most in the community? Well, we want to serve our clients. So what do I need to do to be the best leader of an organization to allow our people to go out and serve to the best as possible? And that's a business plan. And so my business plans are usually anywhere from four to eight pages. And they'll have, you know, our mission statement, our vision statement. And and let me back up a little bit. These business plans are with me at all times. And I, if you were in my office right now, you could see 10 or 12 of the, of the past years. They're all bound. They've got, you know, water spilt on them or something from lunch, whatever. There's something that are with me all the time. And so I'm reading them anyway. You just got them bound up in something you're carrying around with you. Yeah. It's just, you know, normal pieces of paper off the printer, but then we bind them and make them look nice with the cover page and all that stuff, because I'm a visual guy. I need to see something that my eyes like to look at. And so I see that business plan. It inspires me. It fires me up to get to work every single day and I have to read it. So I read that business plan literally somewhere from five to 10 times a week. And it's the same thing over and over and over. And I carry in my briefcase with me something when I started doing this back in 2002, 2003, um, I've got a folder. It's all beat up. The piece of paper is all beat up. And it's really cool to look at because I had a 10 year vision. So I wrote down probably 20 things on this piece of paper that we wanted to accomplish uh, in that 10 years. Well, we found that uh, when I was moving. So you kind of put them away because you use them for a while, right? You have them for a year right. and then that one goes away. And so I found it when we were moving and it was amazing how many things on that list were accomplished. And I don't say that as I'm bragging. I say that as to impress on your listeners that when you write it down, you read it, and then you put the people on the bus with you that can help you make it happen, things happen. It's just, it's factually happened and nobody will ever change my belief on that because I've seen it work out in my own life way too many times. And so that business plan for me is crucial to make sure I achieve the things that we want to achieve. So it sounds like you're doing a once a week uh, strategic think time. You're doing a once a year, really deep dive, blocking off an entire day to write down your business plan. And I'm, I'm a assuming that that's, you know, the the five F's that you mentioned in there, a lot of that goes into just some of your planning as well. How often are you reviewing, uh, whether it be daily affirmations, daily goals, just the things you're striving toward? How often are you reviewing those? Is, or, or do you have something daily also that you're doing outside of that? Yeah, I mean, again, that business plan is with me at all times. And so I have that that's, again, being read. Most of the times I read that at night. And so, again, I go to bed with positive thoughts. I'm a huge believer in whatever you feed your brain is what you're going to wake up with. So whatever you're feeding it the night before, if it's garbage, you're going to wake up feeling like garbage. So I, I've got to feed my brain with the positive stuff. So I do that. And that's just important to me. But I also spend time. So I have the weekly strategic think time. You know, that, that could be an hour to two hours. And then I also have um, every quarter, um, I go and spend about three-fourths of a day kind of just looking at the last quarter. What did we learn? What went well? What didn't go well? And then what do we got to do in the next 90 days to make those days successful? Because at the end of the day, I know the year plan, right? So are we ahead? Are we behind? What do we got to do to make sure that happens? How are we serving people? How are we serving our community? Um, and it's, it's, it really becomes about your legacy and what do you want to accomplish and the things that you want to do. And I think if you can have that mentality of serving people, serving your community and creating a legacy for your family, your kids, your future you know, grandkids, all those things, that's where true success comes from, in my opinion. Such great reminders. And one thing that I'm picking up on here as well that maybe I didn't know, I mean, I knew you were such a planned out and strategic guy, but it just seems like you do not let time get the best of you. And, you know, 
there's very few people out there that I know that act like there's enough time in the day to accomplish everything you want to accomplish. I would put you in that category based on a lot of what you're saying. You're being very strategic. You're being very intentional. I don't think time, you're human, right? So I'm sure it happens from time to time, but on a big grand scale, I don't think you let time get the best of you. What are 90% of the people out there saying though? They're saying there's not enough time in a day. The, you know, everything's flying by me. I need to get more organized. You're carrying the business plan with you. You're doing these, you're doing meditation. You're doing breathing. Most people I talk to out there, they're looking at their day and they're wanting to build some of these things in, but time keeps getting the best of them. Okay. So if they're in a wrestling match with time, every now and then they're winning and they feel pretty good about that. But time just keeps getting the best of them over and over. So you get to the end of your day and you go, ah, okay, I'll do better tomorrow. Ah, I'll do better tomorrow. And all of a sudden, 10 years goes by, right? What are you doing? This may sound like a self-evident question, but I really do want to know the answer here. What are you doing to map out that time? And here's where I'm going with that. You can have your business plan with you every day, but it doesn't mean you make time to look at it. You can have the idea that breathing and meditation is a good thing for you, but you don't stop in the middle of a busy day to do it. What is triggering for you, other than just the success you've seen through it so far, what is giving you those time blocks in your day to actually stop and review the business plan when the world's on fire out there, everything's flying by you? What do you think is helping you the most with that? Yeah, I think when you leave it out and it's in your briefcase, it's on your desk, you can't hide from it, right? Now, most people that I've found will put together a business plan. I've helped lots of people put together business plans over the years and what do they normally do with it, right? Well, so literally almost asking you the question, what do you think most people do with the business plan when it's done? What do they do? I, I would say they just file them away. Yeah, they go in the top drawer of the desk, right? And they're like, oh, this is great. I'm so fired up. And then they never review it again until somebody randomly asked them about it at the end of the year. And how did your year end up? Uh, and they don't know, right? right and so right. you can't hide from success when you put it in front of your face all the time. And so whether it's in my, in my office at home, I have things, you know, quotes, I've got my uh, hundred things I want to do before I die. I've got it framed and matted. And so again, that's motivating to me because I know if I'm successful, I can go and accomplish the things that I want to do in my life. And so that's very, very important to me is to make sure that I have it in front of me at all times. And so I, you just, you got to read it. You got to spend time with it. Just like anything in life, you got to spend time, right? What do kids want? They want time. What's your business success want? They want time. And so you got to spend time doing those things. And I will also say when I'm talking about time is you can't manage time, right? We have 24 hours in a day, whether you're the president of the United States, you're running the largest companies in the world, you have 24 hours in a day. I have 24 hours. We all have 24 hours in a day. I can't manage it. Who can I manage? I can manage myself. Right. Right. I can manage how I spend those minutes every single day. And again, for me, it's not being crazy busy and crazy, you know, meeting, 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 meeting. It's spending time, having the time because, hey, like I said earlier, if I spend an hour in a meeting and it's only and my next one's not for an hour and a half. Well, guess what? I get times I can respond to people via email and phone calls. I can spend time looking at my business plan. I can spend time connecting with the people that I want to connect with. So Brad, I've got a question that I think our listeners would really appreciate. Would you be willing to share one of your business plans, either from this year or years past, that you'd be willing to allow me to put in the show notes and put out there for our listeners to see how you design this? Absolutely. We'd be happy to. 
So I'll link all that up in show notes then. And tell me about just the structure of the business plan. It sounds like yours has a lot of meat to it. A lot of people's I see just have figures, right? It's just figures. And that's probably why they're not pulling it back out because those numbers don't mean anything. Those are just hopes that they hope to get to by the end of the year. What is it that's making it meaningful for you to carry that thing around and have it in front of you all the time? Yeah, you'll find the one I give you, I'll give you this year's uh, for 2016. And and so you'll find most of it is self-talk. So things, I again, because when you're reading it, you're reading it to yourself. I'm reading it about I and I and we and this. And so um, I have quotes on there. You know, like one of them, for example, I know just off the top of my head is my job is not to be easy on people. My job is to make them better. Steve Jobs. And it's got a picture of Steve Jobs speaking right next to that quote. That's inspiring to me because every single day we can choose right the easy path and not challenge somebody and not try to make them great. But again, I have to look at it as my job is not to be easy on you. My job is to challenge you, right? To become better. Right. And so that's important to me. So mine are very, very few numbers, a lot of quotes, a lot of self-talk. Uh, and what you'll find predominantly are pictures of my kids and pictures of my wife because that, at the end of the day, that's why I wake up every single day, put on the suit, and go try to work my butt off every single day. That's so important. And as we get ready to wrap up the podcast here, gosh, Brad, I, I mean, I'm just taking notes here. I think we could go on all day long, but we got to end this thing at some point. Thanks so much for your wisdom and your time today. I know the listeners are going to get a lot out of that. But as we get ready to wrap up, I would love to know who you have gleaned the most knowledge or information from, whether it be someone that's out there like a, you know, Zig Ziglar, Jim Rohn type person, or maybe just somebody personal in your life, who have you taken the most knowledge away from or, and, or someone that you still follow today, whether it's out on social media, podcasts, audiobooks, whatever, where are you going to get some knowledge? Uh, yeah, a lot of it's podcasts, but I would say the biggest impact in the last five to seven years I've had is, is uh, thankfully he's become a good friend of mine and Matthew Kelly is his name and, uh, you know, great, great author, great speaker, you know, big in the, in the Christian community. And so it's just, for me, I've, I get a lot of value for his stuff, a lot of value from his books and, and from his mentorship and his friendship. Yeah, he's great. Uh, I've seen him live a couple of times and Rhythm of Life was one of my favorite books out there that I've read before. Um, he's, he's awesome. I'd encourage you guys out there if you haven't heard of him or if it's been a while since you've visited some of his material, go check it out. And one other thing, Jared, I found is most important, again, there's a lot of important topics, but figure out who you are. So whoever's listening to this, you're driving down the road, you're going to a meeting. And sometimes I know when I was, you know, 23, 24, 25 years old in a business, you look at other leaders and you try to emulate them and you try to take their success and you try to talk like them or walk like them or dress like them. I would just challenge you all to just find out who you are and be really, really comfortable with who you are and be committed to who you are because that is the way God made you. And just you'll go out and crush anything that you want to crush. If you believe in yourself, you got the right people around you and you revisit your plans every single day, you'll be wildly successful. Brett Gilliland, thank you so much for being here today, buddy. We really appreciate it. And where can our listeners find more of your uh, social media or different things like that? Where can we find you out there for anyone that might want to connect directly with you? You can find me on Facebook, you know, Brett Gilliland. You can find me on uh, Twitter at BG Gilly, G-I-L-L-Y. And I'm also on Instagram at BG Gilly as well. So our company, Visionary Wealth Advisors Online. And uh, that's it, man. But more importantly, just want to thank you for what you're doing out there for all of us. You inspire us every single day with your podcast. You're doing great work. Thanks so much, buddy. I appreciate the time. Have a good one. Take care. 
Hey guys, I hope you took a ton away from the episode with Brett today. I know I took constant notes throughout the entire time he was talking, and I hope you guys did the same. If you've enjoyed tuning into the Success 101 podcast in 2016, get excited because there's so much more coming your way. We've just started scratching the surface with what we're bringing out to you guys in the new year. My team is working hard to get everything updated on the website, the blog pages, the podcast episodes, the show notes, and tracking down a ton of great guests who haven't been posted yet or who will be recorded and posted in the upcoming weeks that I cannot wait to bring out to you guys. If you'd like to connect with me or my team, please shoot us an email at info at success 101 podcast, or you can catch me in the world of social media on Facebook and Instagram under the name at success 101 podcast or over on Twitter at Warren Jared. We're signing off here for the last episode of 2016. And I want to go ahead and thank 2017 in advance because it is going to be an incredible, incredible year for all of us. I'll catch you guys on the next episode of The Success 101 Podcast. Until then, 